Excellent. So I'm speaking to Miss Channel. Well, uh, let's now Mrs. Which she I don't know her too. <laughs> I'm having a little laugh for a while, by the way. So Janelle Atkinson, who wow, I'm so you know, this is such a pleasure for me personally. And actually, two million years ago when I used to do some swimming, this young lady entered the sport, and I say young because obviously I'm old like dirt, but <laughs> aren't we <yeah>. all? <laughs> so basically and um, to another person, her surname was really the premier swimmer in our sport, I would argue. And I actually spoke to another previously. Uh, as well, named Sean Green, but I mean, really and truly, I'm so impressed and so grateful that she took some time. She's not really so into swimming so much right now, but definitely, <laughs> I, you know, yes, you know, I definitely said, <laughs> I told her I would bother a little bit and ask her about the good or bad old days, depending on your outlook, you know. So, thank you, gentlemen, and welcome. Thank you for having me, Ryan. Oh, Lord, yes, fabulous. So, <laughs> I, I want to ask you this, you know, because, you know, I was uh, doing some research to talk to you a bit, and I noticed that, and I think I remember this in the back of my mind, mm-hmm. that you used to do a lot of even the shorter events, you know, mm-hmm. you know, when back in Jamaica, no, and, and, and in fact, I would... Uh, I can't remember the event, but you still have a couple of records in, it could be short and long course for the shorter events, you know, so, for the, that's the Jamaican records, you know, so, yeah, you know, I found that interesting. So what, do you remember in your mind what made it go over to the longer distances or? Um, it was not by choice. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly when kicking and screaming. Um, yeah, when I was out in Jamaica, I was really a hundred butterfly and hundred backstroke. Those were like my bread and butter. Mm-hmm. And um, when I moved to the States, um, and the 200 free was really another big one. That was 200 free, fun fact, was actually my first ever um, Karifta gold medal. And at the time, it was a, um, a time final. So it's basically just kind of the, the fastest eight were in the last heat, the second um, fastest were in the heat before. And I was actually in, in the heat before watching the final heat and being in shock, being like, oh, my God, I did it. I, I won. <laughs> and I sit there, I was oh. like, no, man, that, that can't be right. Oh. And, you know, it was a very proud moment for me because that was the first, that those were the games that really almost kind of like put in my head that, you know what, you might can do this, Janelle. Um, I remember winning a gold, two silver and two bronze. Um, and, I mean, it was one of those things where it's like almost surreal. Yeah, and curved up. I believe it's from eleven twelve. We used to go to that if I'm if I'm recalling mm-hmm. right. So you you went as a eleven twelve because I know you're so yes. you're doing so well. Mm-hmm. And uh, interestingly, at that time we all wanted to do uh, well, uh, you know, CISC and CC can. I don't want board to launch people with these <laughs> these acronyms. <laughs> yeah, it's like so. These are these games where the Central Americans and um, basically these super fast people would come. It's like yes. our version of Caribbean Nationals. I don't even know what how to put mm-hmm. it. And it really and no, and it is general. Curve is actually a pretty good meat. I mean, I don't. I loved it. You know it. Yeah, I I, used to, I think we used to enjoy it because we, it was uh, the it was the English speaking Caribbean alone, and you know mm-hmm. you would do pretty well, but the camaraderie was a lot of fun. 
No, absolutely. It was a lot of support um, and getting to know, I guess, the other athletes from the, the other islands. Um, and really and truly, I mean, those friendships that I formed, even at the Carifta level, I'm still very good friends with a lot of those people now. Um, Carrie Ann Gibbs from Trinidad, um, she went to 96 games. Um, her and I still converse on a regular. Um, Damon Aline from Barbados. Um, we both went to bowls together. Natalie Crump from Barbados. Um, a lot of these friendships, like I said, from all these other islands, we went through the many the many games and really just kind of like formed an even closer friendship. So the character is almost like a start point, honestly, for building your own kind of support system. Excellent. So you, you went to Carifter, you destroyed it, you feel like a big bag juice, you did very well, you know, <laughs> and rightfully so, meaning that you're very, uh, you know, you're feeling proud, and then, so what, so the, the coach pushed you in that direction then, into distance? Yeah, you know, it's one of those, I remember, I remember exactly when it was, um, I was at practice and we had these sets of um, hundreds, um, short courses, you know, four laps, and, um, he said to me, I want you to hold under one minute. And one minute short course yard is probably like 110 long course. And, you know, he's like, I bet you won't. And me being the very stubborn person that I am, I was like, okay, watch, watch and learn. And, you know, one after the other, you know, 59s, 58s. And because I was able to consistently hold that time, it was almost kind of like you saw the light bulb flickering in his mind, which I didn't know at the time. I was just like, oh, look, look at me impressing people. Mm. Yeah, that was such a bad. Well, I mean, it was a bad idea, but it worked out in my in my um, favor. Mm. And um, I remember after that practice, that's when the head coach at the time, who really couldn't care less about me, Greg Troy, <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, who is, you know, Olympic, um, U.S. Olympic coach, head coach, University of Florida, where I went. Um, all of a sudden, that's when he started taking notice. And um, I remember the very next meet, he was like, yeah, you know, I, I want you, I want to see what you can do in this 500. And I was like, no, man, this sounds like a trap. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, all right, you know, don't go too fast, you know, like still look like you're putting in effort. Well, he caught on very quickly and right after the race, he was like, yeah, no, that wasn't the kind of effort that I know you're capable of. So we're going to keep doing it. As far as I'm concerned, this is your event. So no matter how many times you try and sabotage it, it's still not going to make a difference. Just put in the effort. Mm -hmm. So next meet, back in it again. And yeah, I mean, pretty much unfortunate that sealed my fate. <laughs> so this was when you got to college level. This was after this was high, high school. school. Still at high school level. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. So, so you, to back you left Jamaica. You, you, how much years of high school you did in the States? I finished third form at Campion. Wow. Mm -hmm. left kind of midway there. All right, yes. got you. And then, so, but you're, you're a superstar still long at that time. <laughs> Everybody needs to know this because you can truly <laughs> exemplary. I mean, really beating up everybody. So you just continued, you just decided that you were so going to me, you just continued to me. So it was for you to, to drop into this club or that, was that deliberate? You, remember? you know, um, we used to spend the summers in Miami with um, both of my grandmothers live in Miami at the time. And so every summer we would um, spend the entire summer with them. Um, sometimes we do like summer camp. Um, you know, after of course CIC or CAC or CC can, whichever um games there were. And um 
my sister, my older sister, was actually the one that was supposed to go to boarding school. And during the time that myself, my sister, and my brother were in Miami, I remember my mother called and was like, yo, um, so you're not coming back. Um, I decided to send all three of you to boarding school. And I was devastated because, I mean, I mean, them times there, I had my Lisa Frank sticker on, like, it was it was doing big things. And, you know, I was so proud of it. And it's one of those, like, you know, I never got to see, tell my friends bye. I mean, thankfully, I still um, stay in close contact with um, one of them, Jody K. Yeah. Um, but I really never got an opportunity to tell everybody else, but I really get to see them again, um, which was hard as a 13-year-old um you know still trying to like figure yourself out and then to basically get ripped from one culture and thrown into a completely different one um while you're still trying to figure out yourself and you know learn who you are and all those things so it it was it was rough um you know so it took i would say probably like 2 years at boarding school to finally like feel a little bit more comfortable with myself and understanding more about you know the the gift that i had um and the things that the places I could take this, so yeah. It, it, you know, I must say, I remember your mom was was really intense. I suppose all other, you know, no, <laughs> intense. No, yeah. That's a very nice uh, way of putting it. No, yeah, that <laughs> I, I can recall this because I mean, I mean, I really, but I think it was just passion. When I, when I think, looking at thinking it now, because uh, I was just telling my son is doing some swimming now, and looking around, some of the birds really woo. Yeah, and you know you should do this and that and then I'm just uh-huh. shrugging my shoulders and said, well next time we'll you know <laughs> let's turn it out. let's do it better next time or you know you know I, I suppose I'm like that to some extent but I just keep it in my mind because I say you know what I was I've been there and it's like ouch you know but yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it can be a very stressful um I guess kind of like situation to to be there and like as an as an athlete you always want to put your best foot forward and when a parent is so intense, it takes away from, you know, the child's ability because at that point they're terrified of not doing well. And putting that unnecessary pressure on kids is like, it, it's so unnecessary because at the end of the day, like if they have their own goals, let them have their goals and let them live it. Um, you know, we've lived our lives. I mean, my son, no, I mean, he plays three different sports um, and, even though I don't fully agree with the sport that he's choosing fully to like um, embrace is one of those where I'm like, listen, it's not my life. Um, And I don't want him to go through and have that resentment um, towards me for pushing him in a direction that he didn't want to go in because I mean, no one knows the future as far as I, as far as I know, you know, maybe this other sport is really the, um, could be a really game, a big game changer for him. Exactly right. That's a, that's a good philosophy because uh, I just think it's just life and mm-hmm. you have to, in the swimming world, I can speak to this a little bit. It's so unforgiving. It's really it's very unforgiving. <laughs> it's like, you know, a lot of things, like I've been out of it so long and then I, as I said, recently, you know, because of my son and, and my... <laughs> you draw back into it. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit and it's just like, you know, you know, I will, I will tell you this. <laughs> Of the beer, of course. Here, I go to the stadium. Like the first beat, my son is doing, and this burst of nostalgia hit me. And I said, I remember when I used to do this and that. And then I tell him my wife, and then after about fifteen minutes, I say, okay, I'm ready to go home now. Yep. 
no the record okay mm -hmm. and in in jamaica as i understand it i don't want to misquote and everybody listening don't beat me but i think <laughs> i think how fast swimmer might be doing 52 53 that mm -hmm. is a whole that's big beating in you know yeah on the world stage that is really like a whopping that Absolutely. won't get to anywhere so in, in my opinion maybe if, to, if we could you know engage some of those athletes i understand they're they have a program general where they're trained. Even my son here, they have him doing some long, longer distance uh, tomorrow and so on in this meet. But nice. I just think that we really need to consider do things that other people mm -hmm. don't like doing and do them well. So a lot of people don't like doing this kind of stuff. I mean, not 400 I am too. I don't know. I can't have <laughs> breaststroke too well, but I see some of these kids, they have three other strokes down pat. I mean, yeah. I need to go for that, you know, if you have fly on the free, I mean, you work on the other two in the middle. And mm -hmm. you don't, I only bother the 200. On the world stage, it's too, these guys are too fast. Now, if you're an exemplary athlete, that's a mm -hmm. whole different kettle of fish, you know. And and I, I put it to you, look, as good as, as good an athlete as you, you were, I mean, to, to get... I think he came fourth in the Olympics. I mean, yes. we swore that you were going to medal. I remember this. I said, <laughs> she will win or she will come second. <laughs> and then this like, I remember that this distinctly. I was so, you know, as I said, boy, these girls, I forgot the, the race. That race, I think, was, as I recall, it was a fast race. So, I mean, it's like, mm -hmm. I say, I mean, it's just a testament to all of these people swimming up and down. It is very, very, and then to my original thesis, it's just unforgiving. And then nobody yes. cares except us. <laughs> 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 I'll put that every you know. I mean, no, and that's the thing where, I mean, there's so much potential in the distance events. And, you know, for me personally, I would love to see more athletes, you know, take a chance on doing those distance events. Listen, I get it. There's no glory in it right there's no glory in swimming in general and it's one of those where this is kind of like the same thing i feel where with um in jamaica for instance track and field is basically king everything else is just secondary then you have swimming way down the line now even in track and field there's pretty much kind of like a hierarchy you have the sprinters that are you know they can do no wrong and then they kind of just filters down as the events get longer so imagine now being in a sport in Jamaica, like swimming, where you're already like midway down the totem pole. And then to be almost kind of like between distance events, because there's no glory in it. That's why I know coaches are really almost kind of like, at least in my personal opinion, are really pushing for it. The officials aren't, aren't pushing for it. So it's one of those where why put in the effort of those long distance training or whatever when there's very minimal respect being returned? And, you know, it's one of those where, you know, I was fortunate enough where I could swim multiple events, but at the same time, it still didn't take away from the fact that, all right, you know, here I am still, you know, doing my best and, you know, putting Jamaica on the swimming map. But it's like, I mean, many people have no idea who I am. Um, and I'm okay with that. I'm, listen, I've lived my life. <laughs> I'm quite all right. Um, you know, but it's one of those things where, I understand from an athlete perspective why they wouldn't want, especially in Jamaica. And it's unfortunate. And it's one of those where what can we do 
as a country, as supporters of the sport, to really almost kind of like emphasize that this is something that we can also still get involved in because even with track and field, yes, we have gold medals in 100 and 200, but we're also getting medals in other events also. So why minimize that? It's a gold medal, still a gold medal, regardless of the race, regardless of the event, right? It still has that level of almost kind of like um, notoriety. So it's one of those where let's start putting more emphasis in the distance and middle distance events and encouraging, you know, these kids to just try it out because they might find something that they actually, they actually do enjoy because honestly it's less stress, I would say, and things don't have to be perfect. Like it has to be in the 50, the 50 freestyle. I hated that event. I hated it so much that, and it's crazy now because even now there's like pushing more for like 50 strokes. I'm like, for what, for what? I hope that those events never make it on the big stage because I think it's such a waste of time and it's almost kind of like diminishing our sport as much as people are like, oh, people watch it more. No, they won't. It's still swimming. They're, it's not going to change anything. But why are we then, so, we, so then we need to get rid of the distance events? Come on. Yeah, exactly right. It, it, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't conquer any more regarding those shorter events because... Mm -hmm. If anything goes wrong, if you don't eat the right thing, you something happens at the start that shouldn't happen. That exactly could be the race, you know. Then mm -hmm. anybody can watch any of these, uh, male or female. It's it's really close. It's point. There's not a lot separating yeah. you, and nothing. And it, it really, really is very difficult to get to that elite level now because mm -hmm. you have, I think, yeah, one and two of the kids you know, that got to 24. I think there's yeah. one of them in 24 in Jamaica now. And for us, that's a, hey, that's good. Well, I don't know. They're yeah. <laughs> what, 22, 21, whatever it mm -hmm. is. It's like that again, same, my same, it's the same argument. Yeah. You need to consider and that's not a good point as you brought up, Janelle. I, I think that one thing that I just said at the end, but uh, since we we're here, the your thoughts on how to garner more interest in the sport. Because uh when I was speaking to Sean, he was telling me that there's a oh geez, ISL, they call that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's this is a league where you basically there's a lot of money and like a pro Except, league. Right, exactly. A pro mm -hmm. league. So, but that that would only be what and his argument that could be the top one percent. You know, that mm -hmm. you, you need to find a way to make the professional swimming basically to monetize it better, to make it worthwhile. Yeah. So I don't you, you have any thoughts on that? Oh I mean, I think the ISL has definitely changed um the interest in swimming because swimming, honestly, I feel like it has only been People only pay attention to it every four years. And, you know, it's on because swimming is not for nothing one of the bigger sports in the Olympics. However, outside the Olympics, you hardly ever see, see anything going on. You hardly ever meet aren't televised. You don't really know what's going on unless you're actually in the sport. So this ISL League, I think, has done major things for um, our sport and for athletes in general. And not even just the Americans and Europeans and Australians, but I mean, we had a couple of Caribbean people that were competing, you know, in the ISL with Alia, Joanna, um, Dylan. So having having those opportunities as a Caribbean athlete, I mean, that's huge um, because there's no 
we don't really have anything that's in the Caribbean. I mean, I think it would be great if we did, but it's almost one of those where everyone swims different events. So it's hard to really get everybody together um, to put on a meet like that, um, that we can showcase, you know, our talents and, you know, whatever, because even in that instance, okay, well, here we go again with sprinting because everybody wants to be a sprinter. But I mean, I know Cayman does a uh, um open water swim. I think it's in June or July, the flower sea swim. Oh. And I mean, the amount of people that show up to this to this um event, um, foreigners, other Caribbean swimmers, um, you know, and show support and it's like, why can't we do more things like that in other islands? It's the same, you know, warm water, same great conditions. So why not? Um, I remember remember back in the day we used to have the um cross the harbor. Yes, yes I did that. <laughs> Jellyfish on the future. Well, oh dear. <laughs> yeah, crazy. I never did it. It scared me. However, <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm older, we should bring it back. And I know um I forget the the um name, but they were trying to bring um not trying to, they were actually putting on a couple um open water events in Jamaica. Um I haven't been able to make it down to NM yet, but you know, I think that's that's a start because it's one of those where how we can't just limit our athletes to just swimming um sprint events because we're, we're not all built for sprint. Um just like with track and field, we'll have some distance runners, we'll have some, you know, event athletes. So why are we limiting ourselves to just doing the sprint events? And I mean, funny enough, um, now that I think about it, the last Olympics, there were, I think it was like 18 or 19 girls that swam the 200 fly. Wow. So imagine you need to beat two people to be an Olympic semifinalist. Yeah, exactly Listen, I'll sign me, up. <laughs> sign me up. Sign me up. Just don't get disqualified, right? Got yeah. it. But yeah. I mean, look how many people were in the 50. How many people, you know, it's the same 16 people are making it to the semifinals regardless of, you know, the event. So would you rather be an Olympic semifinalist and swim the 200 fly? Or you want to be just another fish in the sea and swim the 53 and do the one and done. Exactly right. Yeah, so that, that's a wonderful suggestion. So to get more of these open waters, to get some attention. It's, uh, yeah, it needs attention. And and that, that that's a good suggestion. You, you, you're continuing to do some swimming for fitness, <laughs> that kind of thing? I don't know. <laughs> I to ask. Um, I absolutely not. <laughs> they asked me. And I was this time, but they can't fit in a swimsuit no more. <laughs> <laughs> I was having response of an injury. <laughs> yep, I have used I've had five surgeries since in between my first Olympics to now. So yes, yes we are with can you talk about that a little? I I I I listened to you on another interview and you were speaking about that because I noticed the disparity between the two Olympics. I said, mm-hmm. no, 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 something's wrong. You're too exemplary. Yeah. Either you stop training <laughs> or you're, you know, and then you need it at the last minute or, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. But but it, it could be attributed to that. That's Yeah. That's, so so you... after my after my first Olympics, um, the year after, I I'd actually known I had um, knee issues the entire time. Um, anybody who knew me back, you know, Carifta days or whatever, I was always wearing a knee brace. Um, yeah, I had um, special orthotics in my shoes to help um, with the pain. Um, I never ran or anything because of that. So when I got to college, um, I opted to do the surgery. I did double knee surgery. 
um, and then trying to get back into the sport um, after that, I end up tearing both of, both of my rotator cuffs. Oh. So this is all within the first, basically the two years after my first Olympics. Then trying to get back into it is one of those where, I mean, with injuries, honestly, it's like a one step forward and three back. Um, so there's never, you almost have to look at it as a whole new career and you can't hold on to what you did before because that will eat your life. Yeah. Um, you know, so being able to almost kind of retrain, almost kind of like retrain and, you know, start fresh and almost kind of like leave what was done in the past. Um, but it still was almost kind of like it was too much for me and too much for my body to handle. That is uh, so. So looking at it now, it sounds like that knee surgery had to be done. Mm -hmm. So the only way that the the rotator cuffs couldn't go is if you're gonna to easier coming back. Would that have been? So basically, what I had done, um, because after I had my knee surgery, I was still, you know, more or less, I was still at the top of my game. Um, what I was doing was, um, in the pool, you know, you have the tees, yeah. um, on the bottom. Rather than flipping and turning and pushing off of the wall because my knees were hurt, I would flip at the tees and then basically swim against the current. Yes. So that's kind of like how I would swim in practice. So it's one of those where if you think about it, all the speed that you had going into what would be the wall, you're turning, you have all that weight coming behind you. You don't have that wall to basically dive under or like push off underneath and um, get past the break. So you're basically like creating your own almost kind of... um almost like extra drag essentially yes, yes, so yes. after a point is one of those where that's when the shoulder starting to really hurt a lot um and that's when they um, went in they did all this um testing did mris and found out that the um rota rotator cuffs were they weren't fully torn but they were they were like frayed so they had to go in clean that up and then one of the shoulders um that the rotator cuff was frayed when they um, clean that up just notice how deep it was so they had to put a stitch inside of it to kind of like seal it back up and meanwhile the knee's not quite there yet they just, well, trust me this. the knee's still not there <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord yes. so that that was so it was uh, a, a feat to even make the next Olympics then, that's what you're saying. That's what it yeah. sounds like to me, to actually make yeah, the cuts. Yeah, because I had um, one more year left of eligibility in college and I told, um, Florida told Jamaica, I said, listen, after Athens, I'm done. Um, you know, I couldn't, it's one of those where I couldn't train at the level that I was so used to yeah. and it was frustrating and disheartening because, you know, imagine three years before, you know, being you know, top four in the in the world. Yes. So yes. then basically trying to do the same thing, but it still, it wasn't necessarily connecting. Um, and it wasn't because I wasn't training hard or anything. I was, I was still going after it. Um, but it was one of those two where it was like, I think my heart just wasn't really completely into it anymore. And I think I felt just so defeated from, from the injuries and trying to get back into it. And, you know, just not, not necessarily even having the confidence that I'll, had the ability to really, I guess, kind of like push past that and, you know, make it to an, another level. Yeah, I do believe that. That you hit the nail on the head with that. The psychology does affect the physical yes. performance. And, and I really, there is an argument that I have to ask you, because somebody asked me this recently. They were astute. 
I don't know if, if it wasn't my wife, somebody that wasn't really <laughs> into me. <laughs> but basically, they said to me that they noticed that the, the, the women, the girls, do better when they're younger. And the males can do better when they're older, if there's mm -hmm. anything to that. And I said, well, you know, I never really thought of it, you know. <laughs> I've noticed this too. But mm -hmm. I, I really, and I do know that, uh, I can't remember her name. But there's an older, when I'm by old, I mean, I think she was 50 and she came very happy. Thank you. And mm -hmm. I think she came second or something. Yeah. And so, I mean, the age is the age, you know. So I, mm -hmm. I really, do you have any opinion on that? I mean, like, I yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, it's one of those where the average age for even like the U.S. Olympic swimmers, um, for the men, there's a huge difference between the men and women. Um, the women have started to creep up a little bit more, but I mean, back in my day, it was pretty much kind of like the expectation was that 15 to 17, 18 was really like when you're in your prime. And then after that, you know, with... Um, it, I don't want to send us like puberty, but kind of sort of, things start to almost kind of like shift a little bit more. And so it's one of those where obviously there are more athletes coming up behind you. And it's one of those where it just, I don't, I don't know how to explain it entirely, but that's kind of like my experience with it, that that 15 to 17, almost 18 was really almost kind of like the sweet spot for um, female swimmers. And then the men were in their like twenties. Um, since then, it has kind of like shifted a bit where, you know, there are some who are a little bit older, you know, like even Natalie Coughlin was there for a while, mm -hmm. um, you know, still doing her thing. So it's one of those where even though the age has shifted, it's still the women are still, for the most part, the average age younger than the male Olympians. Okay. Just uh, exactly right. So it, it even, I think... Katie Ledecky to mm -hmm. say that name again. I don't think yeah. she has gone back down to some of those times. Well, not yet. I mean, uh, 2024 yeah. is coming and she's actually in Florida now. I was reading this article, you know, again, you know, before I, before I came out with you about that. I said, whoa, look at that. She mm -hmm. just wanted to be on the East Coast. So there you go, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Nest, Anthony Nesty, who, you know, is famous Olympic swimmer for Trump Suriname. Um, he was actually also my coach in college at University of Florida. So I know that he has taken over that program as really, you know, turned into a really powerhouse like distance um, program, which I mean, for me as an alumni, I love to see. Yes, this, this school has gotten so much attention. I never realized that that was your school. Could you mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that, General? Uh, because to go from high school, and this is for any aspiring, so even the kids, which are, your situation is probably a little different, but how <laughs> does one get into a good program like that from, uh, you know, say even from the Caribbean? Is that possible? No, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, even from my time, you're seeing a lot of college coaches now really paying attention to our Caribbean athletes rather than, you know, as a college coach, you have your, your standard meets that you'll go to. Now, all of a sudden, Carifta is one of those meets that they're going to, to recruit, um, which has, it's actually pretty amazing to see. 
Um, because obviously I'm not the only Caribbean person that came through. You had a ton more, you know, the Fraser brothers from Cayman. Um, you know, they also went to Florida. Um, you have, you know, Jordan Crooks, who is now world champion and NCAA champion at Tennessee. His sister falling close behind, which was also decided to go there. So it's one of those where, you know, I have a lot of Trinidadians, even with within the, the Division Two and Division Three, and some Jamaicans as well. So it's one of those, it's amazing to see almost kind of like the change um, where these college coaches are now paying attention. You had Ariana Vanderpool was from Auburn, um, Joanna Evans going to Texas. You know, they're going to these big schools and they're being recruited by these um, colleges because they know that there's a potential there for them to really do something amazing with our athletes. So the advice would be just do the best you can at your regular meets. You don't have to overstress yeah. yourself. About, and about. it's one of those where I think one of the, the major misconceptions is that um you have to wait till you shave and taper to swim fast. No, swim fast every time because that consistency is actually going to get you even faster when you do shave and taper. But it's one of those where you also have no idea what's going to happen at that shave and taper meet. Something could go wrong, you get sick, you get hurt, and now all of a sudden, what? The season finished and you don't have nothing to show for it. Um, so one of the things I used to always tell you know, my athletes is basically treating each race like it's your last one because you never know. Um, because we've had situations before where we're showing up to meets and you know we got stuck in traffic or the bus broke down or somebody missed the bus and had to figure out a way how to get to the meet and now we don't have warm up you know so little things like that where you know we can't expect perfection all the time we have to make it perfect for us could you since you mentioned this how you transitioned from from swimmer to coach how did you get into um, you know, funny enough, my first, um, actually technically my second coaching job, um, was actually with Sean Brin as one of his assistant coaches in Ohio. Um, so <laughs> very <laughs> ironic, um, you know, and that's really kind of where, um, I really started to take coaching a lot more seriously. And, um, you know, it's been a great, it was a great transition because it's one of those where it's something that I knew a lot about. And being a distance swimmer where most coaches don't necessarily have the understanding of what it's like because most coach a lot of there's a lot of coaches that never swam, so they don't understand. Nice. Then on top of that, you're throwing in, okay, distance, all you do is just swim back and forth. No, it's a there's a lot more science involved in it. So for me, as a distance swimmer, being able to explain and basically kind of walking in with credentials where the athletes are kind of like all right maybe she might know what she's talking about um versus somebody else who either was never a swimmer or was never really a distance swimmer where they're giving them sets but can't explain why this set is going to make them faster what specifically they need to work on what what this set is designed to do and to help with um so for me that was almost kind of like the um i think the best thing about me coaching was because I could break down exactly what the set was designed for and what it was going to specifically help them with. And I think a lot of athletes gravitated towards that and really, um, you know, took to that. Excellent. So you, 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 you got a head coaching job. So you're doing that for a while or. Yeah, I was coaching, um, for a while, um, how long, 12 years, I think in total, um, eight years as assistant coaches and then four years as a head coach. 
Excellent. Mm-hmm. That was, and that was enough of that. <laughs> that was enough of that. Um, you know, it was one of those things where, honestly, um, it got to a point where the last program that I was with, um, it essentially is one of those where Americans sometimes have a hard time, especially in a sport um, such as swimming that is predominantly white, um, where you have someone who is of color, who is a foreigner, and is basically like giving somebody else orders. I had a very hard time almost kind of like understanding that I'm here to help and not to hurt. Um, So a lot of things that, you know, I was doing that, you know, I would do in previous jobs as well to motivate my athletes. They were taking it as me being, you know, aggressive or yelling. And, you know, it's one Mm -hmm. of those things where, you know how it is in a pool. You can't hear anything. So the natural instinct is to not even necessarily yell, but talk louder to make sure that everybody can hear. So it's one of those where it's like, when you, it's almost like the perfect storm, yes. right? You have a group of, you know, female athletes who, you know, are predominantly white, seeing a person of color, telling them what to do and telling them things that they don't want to hear. Now, all of a sudden, I'm public enemy number one. <laughs> Yeah, it's and then you yourself are female and your skin color exactly, you know, and then you're not really, you know, we don't sound like them, you know. You yep. you've been in the states how long, and you you saw the same way. I've always heard your your voice, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it's just, I think all of that is life, and some people are just more minded, and you know that's you know, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure you've had a lot of success. I mean, doing it because yeah I know. did and I was very proud of it and is you know one of those things where it was a very hard time you know when um you know that was removed because then it's like okay but I've put so much you know it's kind of like just like an athlete you put so much into it and know what and to have that being taken away from you based on essentially nothing you know what I mean is that they wanted a pound of flesh and they took more than that but it's one of those for me, I mean, I'm Jamaican, I'm resilient. You know what I mean? You can't hold me down for too long. And, you know, so it's one of those where even though I've stepped away completely from the sport, you know, I'm still here to support, you know, my Caribbean athletes, particularly the Jamaicans and, you know, doing my part as well. I'm on the um, technical committee for swimming um, or SAJ. So that has been amazing to really kind of, still be a part of swimming but in a different way and then helping our athletes in a different way yes it's it's and i think you actually and occasionally you come and comment it because i know mm-hmm. I, I think I, I witnessed <laughs> i said oh is it jen and there I said, yeah come and go watch that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is wonderful so for now no more active coaching you know i think no, every once in a while, like I'll um I have a couple um I guess friends I would say that um I help their kids with um stroke techniques and stuff because one of those like I know I know too much and I feel bad sometimes that I'm hoarding all this information and not necessarily like allowing other people to learn. Um, you know, so for me I'm very I'll help anyone who wants help, but at the same time is one of those where I'm my coaching days are finished. Yes. Um, I've put it to bed, buried it, <laughs> cremated it, the whole nine. <laughs> the, I, I wonder about this, and at any level, to get and 
I'll tell you Sean's answer because I have to ask you this as well. To get from <laughs> college or from level A to Olympian, mm-hmm. was there anything, any particular change in your mind, strategy, anything like that that you can point to, to that you could give, that you could put in the words to advise uh, a potential or uh, Olympian hopeful? Well, you know, honestly, I would say, and my coaches would 100% agree with it, that I actually had very little confidence as an athlete. Um, as much as, you know, you might see me in the pool and be like, yo, you know, she's so fast or, you know, I had zero confidence. And that's one of the main things that um, even Greg Troy would say to me all the time. He's like, you have no idea how good you could be if you just have a little confidence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was kind of to my point what I was saying before with you know having parents that are um you know as as you so eloquently put it passionate I would (laughs) completely disagree with passionate but (laughs) um you know it it can be very detrimental to um a child as they're trying to almost kind of like again figure out themselves and try to sort out where they want to be in life um and you know it's it's one of those things where Unfortunately, nobody could give me confidence, but the down part is that a lot of people can take it away. So it's one of those where as an athlete and even as a person in general, like you have to protect your own level of confidence and not let somebody else, I guess, dictate how much you should have and could have. So the the take home there is that try and believe in yourself. Yes. If you have ability and the right coaches in place, you will succeed. And even the support system. And I mean, my support system, it was not my parents. It was my friends. Um, You know, so having friends who supported um, and were there to basically, um, you know, give me that pep talk that I needed, you know, help me understand a little bit more about, you know, things that I was capable of doing. Um, Those are really things that really helped me along even though it was one of those where I still needed some more but what I needed no one could give me that was for me to find out for myself and really build that from within excellent well I think I'm going to let you go because uh, I'm going to tell everybody we're recording this late at night and it's even later <laughs> which is I can't let you go without you plugging what you're currently doing you have this wonderful business that uh, or that you're involved in. So could you talk a mm-hmm. little bit about that? What you're doing presently? Oh, so many things. Um, you know, for one, um, I am the CEO of Inter- International Water Safety Foundation. Um, it's a nonprofit where um, basically I go around and talk about the importance of water safety. And it's not even so much about, you know, having to go, everybody go get swim lessons, but understanding, okay, what are our limitations? How can we stay safe and help others continue to stay safe? Um, you know, actually, fun enough, the day is actually uh, May 15th, which is this Monday. Um, so I'll be in Chicago, um, you know, go visiting different schools and talking about the importance of that. Um, you know, I've used this day to actually, I've done it in Jamaica, I've done it in um, Virgin Islands. And, you know, basically kind of gone all over and 
shared almost kind of my story as a person of color, as some as a foreigner. Um, because a lot of times when you go to these places, um, a lot of people of color don't believe that they can show it or anything. So being able to see somebody, because I know for me, I never had that. Um, you know, being able to see someone that looks like me that has made it in this sport. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. Yeah. And then the other thing I'm doing now too is um, I do HR and recruiting for a um, facilities maintenance company, um, which I absolutely love. Um, recruiting was one of the big things that I enjoyed so much when I was coaching. So being able to trans, um, I guess even like translate that into something else and transfer it into a different career path um, has really been amazing. Excellent. So that's that's the that's the business I'm aware of. You're all over. You're on LinkedIn. I follow you, and <laughs> yeah, so really, yeah, there's some good posts. I mean, you know, Thank anything you. that makes me smile, I really, you know, that <laughs> that is what I'm I'm here for. The, you know, joy and happiness <laughs> mainly. Why? Thank you. And so I thank you, thank you, thank you. Let me hit. Let me hit end here, and thank you formally, and see.